How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Green and Black Podcast. We got a fun one uh, ready for you guys. This is Kaleo Sports writer Tanner Hayworth, joined by my sports editor, Reese Nagaoka. Reese, I may not have an adjective for you, but how are you doing this week? I'm going to let you tell the story. Um, Well, today has not been a good start because I, I just had my first midterm this semester, and I'm not going to lie. It it wasn't hard, but it wasn't like I studied for you it. You got bodied. By so, so I pretty much, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to pass it. But, like, hopefully, it is just a small percentage of my grade, so hopefully I can rebound back. But how have you been? I see you're wearing your um, Tonga Vailoa jersey. You know, it's always fun to rep Tua. Uh, in terms of classes, um, I literally have nothing going on. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I mean, it's not that I don't know what's going on. Um, the class is just moving this way purposefully, and I'm just <laughs> following the flow of the river at this point. Is so. it kind of worrying? or is um, it... Not really. This is a class that, I'm, with all due respect, this is a class that I have failed before, so I kind of know what I'm doing in this class. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, there's not a lot of direction going on, so, hey, I welcome it. Uh, it will surely help my GPA as... UH is good about that as they let you replace <laughs> your uh, your GPA if you fail class. So uh, all good hopes, all good vibes with that. And, you know, speaking of good vibes, I think it's really hard to not start off the week for the University of Hawaii without talking about senior night for the University of Hawaii men's basketball team. It was a sellout, I believe, only around 85, 8,400. I think the, the number from Brian McInnes was 82. 82. So not everyone, but it was still a sellout, uh, I mean, thanks to Mike Kawazoi. That's got uh, to be the best crowd in, yeah. in the arena all year, right? I mean, so. it helps when you have a guy like Mike Kawazoi, you know, one of the bigger boosters. He was he? Uh, I can't remember which hotel it is off the top of my head. Outrigger uh, or Sheraton, one of those. Or was it Marriott? I can't remember. I can't. It feels bad that we should. We, we should know this. So maybe, <laughs> maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll look it up, you know, just to make sure. But, you know, Mike Cowazoy, I'm pretty sure he bought like 3,500 tickets. Holy. Because it's went towards a bunch of, you know, uh, little like little league teams and their parents so that they could all go out to, uh, you know, to the game. So because I saw them, uh, he got. Um, was that have, was that related to Timmy Chang's? Instagrams. Yeah, like, I think it was on the, the hey, but, Timmy and Sherry. Yeah, their so, family's Instagram stories. I saw that. Like, so right, but. and so, hey, you know, you do what you got to do. He's been a proud supporter of both the football and basketball teams for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, it's awesome to see him. You know, put out the support for the team. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of just, just a great vibe all around, just for senior night to celebrate. You know, the last home game that we're going to see guys like Kamaka Hepa, Samuta Avea, and Juan Munoz. You know, even though he's been kind of on the sideline his entire time here, he's been a very important part to this team, uh, even though he's been on the bench due to injury. Yeah, he's – he's. I think it says a lot when you're you're not playing, but you're still making that big of an impact like he is. Like he and Samuta got very close last season. You know, it. it's it's – I don't really want to bring up everything, but his contributions to this program, they're they're not gonna go. What do you call it? Like they're not they're not quiet contributions. Like no. he he has played a big role in where they are now and how they were able to, um, I guess, upset first place UC Irvine on senior night. Like 
you got to think he played a significant role in that. Right. And I, the two significant contributors, I think, also to that, I think are the awesome contributions by uh, career night for Javon McClanahan uh, as he basically split his scoring from the field and the f- and the uh, free throws. And a surprising start by Morsec due to a, was it an ankle injury to Bernardo da Silva? I think it was a ankle that, I think it was an injury he suffered on the Thursday night and he just played through it. But Morsec goes out there and gets a, a double-double on his first career start. And he kind of split time with Harry Ruliadef, who off the bench also uh, put in 10 points. You look at these two freshmen, especially as the year went on, we've gone through stints of not seeing one or the other, you know, through us, through stretches during the season. How important is it that Morsec and Harry Ruliadef, especially as we come upon the final uh, road trip of the year before we head to Henderson, Nevada, how important is it that they're just starting to find that groove with each other and especially in a time where Bernardo may not be necessarily 100%. It's going to be huge, isn't it? Because, well, it's good to have two bigs who are really good at either scoring or in more sex case, just being a monster on the glass, you know, whether it's blocking shots off of it, grabbing boards off of it. I think we've, we've, cons- we've seen what he can do, Like we, we've seen him progress as the season goes on. Like, I don't know what I don't know what he does now, but do you remember like in the beginning of the year he would just bite at every pump fake, right? And, and like his whole thing was as soon as he came out, you knew the whistle was coming. <laughs> <laughs> and I just saw this clip on Twitter where he's just blocking every single shot that Irvine was throwing up at one point. So it was just his contributions. These final two games of the regular season, the Big West tournament next year, they're going to be huge, aren't they? Especially when you have guys like Kamaka Hepa and. Smutavea, they're going to be gone after this season. So, no. I think it's been awesome seeing his evolution just as a player. And, like, he's just been the same lovable, just, like, young guy out there just trying to just trying to get as much love as he could from this island. So I'm really glad that he's out there catching alley-oops from Javon McClanahan. I guess that's something that they got to practice more often now. Because I think after the game, they said they didn't really get a lot of practice in with each other when it comes to throwing alley-oops. So I think they had two good ones and then that one that was a layup. So hopefully when they're on the road, they'll be practicing that a little more often. It seems like Vaughn doesn't practice his alley-oops. Because I feel like, because I I think I asked him about his lob to Samuto against I think it was either Pepperdine or Washington State in the Diamond right. Head Classic, and he was like, "Yeah, we just didn't practice that either." So I think they're just they're just coming up with this stuff on the fly. Like, I love that. I mean, the more we can get out on transition, I think that's the bet. That's the better. Yeah, I think a lot of people could appreciate that, especially in kind of the uh, slow moving like Arangana offense. When you do get a fast break on defense, it feels good to just <laughs> throw that thing up there and just throw it down. So, so I think that I I'm just always excited whenever I see a dunk happen in this offense. It's funny when you say that because I I came home after on Saturday after senior night I was at softball and then, but like I guess my dad this was the first time he like full on watched a game uh, a men's basketball game and was like this is like the most inefficient offense because <laughs> all they do is they dribble they dribble in they stop it's like oh wait where's my outlet throws it to the wrong guy because right. you only have one outlet and they know it's going there right. I'm like. This is a staple of University of Hawaii basketball. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. That's their offense. And it works, you know. When it works, it works, you know. We, we're winning games. <laughs> but I think, I think that has to do more with your defense. Right. And so this last stretch of the regular season, on Thursday we're playing CSUN, who, while they are winless on the road, all seven of their uh, in-conference wins do come 
at home, so you can't ever be, you can't feel safe when you're in the Matadome or whatever they're not calling it anymore. You, you can't be safe against CSUN because I think there was a point where they, when they were here, right, right. they had like three chances to try and tie or win the game. And yeah. Fortunately for UH, none of them went in. And this is a CSUN team that did upset, who did they upset um, the other week? Was it Santa Barbara? I can't remember. I think it was Santa Barbara because... Right. I mean, and then speaking of, then we play the number one team in the Big West again. Which was... Which is like the fourth time this year I feel like we're playing the number one team in the Big West <laughs> uh, in Might UC be the third, Santa Barbara. Because yeah, right, I know we beat uh, Riverside. Irvine. It was Irvine and Riverside that we both beat when they uh, were Was Long number Beach one. number one too when, we, when they beat them at home? I can't remember. But <laughs> it's got to be three or four, right? Yeah, so Santa Barbara, we know their deal. They're very good. I think that's to be expected from the Gauchos. So it's going to be a tough stretch. So hopefully you can do what everyone wants you to do stereotypically and you split on the road. Um, it was a pretty great season. I think as long as we stick above, like, what, five or up in standing-wise, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, because I think it's what top six. Top, top six, six don't have to play yeah. in that opening thing. But um, I think for the media stake, they don't want to be in that three or six because that is the last game in the Big West quarterfinals <laughs> of the day. So they're they're basically working on deadline again. Or, right. So that's always the best. Yeah. So well, well, but there's also a three hour difference. That's true. But so it's not it's, as bad. It's it's not still as bad, bad, but it's, but it's but like, not it's not like an eight thirty game. That's right. why. On in Vegas, so that's like six six thirty here because it's two or two hours. I don't know. Which, I can't remember. I don't know what the daylight savings time was. But regard, but regardless, CSUN on Thursday, uh, and Santa Barbara on Saturday. Both I know ESPN Honolulu, probably both on ESPN Plus as well. Um, so the Santa Barbara is nationally televised. Oh, that's I think nationally it's, televised. I think it's now? ESPN U. Oh, yuck. So it's, so it's, you'll it's, only be able to listen to it on radio, is what you're telling me. Yeah, well, if you have watch, <laughs> <laughs> unless you have the package for that. If you have, yeah, if you have watch ESPN, I'm assuming because Spectrum and Hawaiian Telecom have to have those in. Right? I don't think so. It's just, I don't think I get ESPNU at my house. You don't get for for Spectrum? No, no, that's a shame. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Like uh, at the radio station where I work, because we have like the package for every single sports channel. I wonder because YouTube TV didn't have ESPN two, right? For right. <laughs> if they don't have ESPN two. There's no way they have ESPN U. Uh, <laughs> I would love it for them to just have like ESPN Classic if they still have that, but they don't have. Just throw ES- it out there. Yeah, just have every single th- what, like what's the Charles Barkley ESPN U, ESPN Radio, ESPN Deportes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all they need is the Ocho, and then they'll be all set. Oh, I miss Which it. does happen sometimes. I think it's, it's like one time every year. Yeah, so it's like August eighth. Yeah, which I miss. Like, yeah, I'm, I, bring back the. Ocho. I like forgot that it happened this year. <laughs> well, we got another couple months to prep for the Ocho at least. Um, let's move on to the Wahine basketball team, where it's not as much good news. It's a couple more heartbreaking losses. Um, but I think as the years gone on, uh, we suffered a couple three season-ending injuries. We're now finding out that Avery Watkins, the uh, freshman, is also now injured. Um. It's safe to say that this is probably not the year for Wahine basketball, uh, but I think they'll be fun to they'll be fun to watch uh, this upcoming weekend. I think it's good to go out and support the Wahine, especially on Saturday, because that is their senior night where we will be celebrating Callan Spiller and McKenna Hare. So those are our two transfers from la- uh, two years ago, and they've been very vital. I think for the team, especially Callan Spiller, but also McKenna Hare. She, I think she's done a lot, especially just 
you know, not on the court especially. She's had a couple of really great nights this year, but they have been really great just for this team in general. So I think it's good that on Saturday you go out and support the uh, Wahine basketball team. Like there's, it's pretty like they're they're the two of the team captains on this on this Wahine squad. So it's 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 not a question mark, right, of how vital right. they are to contributing. I mean, Callan Spiller's obviously been one of the the mainstays in this Hawaii that lineup that has been injury riddled. McKenna Harrod, you're right. She's had her breakout. Well, she had the like 20 point game. I mean, she she was <laughs> like a killer against Long Beach State and CSUN. And, you know, that's one of that's CSUN who's who they play this week. Yeah. I think they're also, I think they're also 7 and 22, like the men's team. But, I mean, it'll be, it'll be good to see what they can do this weekend, especially because it is their weekend. And, like, I feel like, Tiff Wells says this a lot. There is no place to have a senior night better than Hawaii. Yeah. So hopefully everybody comes out and supports that. And apparently there is a deal. Uh, Laura Beeman uh, on the Sports Animals this morning was on, and she said that all kids K through 12 get in for free this weekend. That is a good deal, especially because there are local, you know, certain local players on this roster yeah. so there's always going to be the Iolani crowd that shows up so make sure to go out there if you got your friends and family or cousins they get in for free i think as long as you just like pick the family pack deal do they? i think that's what you got to do on e-ticket hawaii i'm not sure it's something like that i think that's what laura was saying well you guys can figure it out i'm sh- like Hawaii can, athletics yeah. does a really great job with like yeah. explaining it for people who are like like us, basically, who don't understand it. <laughs> we try our best. We get the basics of the information out there for you to figure out. Yep. But then, isn't that the job of the media? <laughs> we are the media. <laughs> I, uh, true. Uh, we're, we're like on the bottom of the media, but we're still media. <laughs> hey, we're still out there. We're still important. We have our name out there in the media in the media row. Sure, it's not our like names, but it's the name <laughs> of our organization. Yep. And isn't that what matters in the end? <laughs> Yeah, we're a faceless organization, you know. We 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 are the people who are who work here. It doesn't matter who works here. What matters is that we are here. It's a lot of turnover. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, because I mean it's, it's a student it's organization. a student organization. So every uh, every four and years, then they'll so. be like, why is Tanner still there? <laughs> <laughs> if there's so much if there's so much turnover, why has he been here for a couple of years? <laughs> the COVID years have been very good for his eligibility. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. so, you know, it's redshirt, medical, uh, <laughs> COVID year, extension. You know, Applying I've, for hardships. Yeah, hey, I, you know, I, I think alongside, um, uh, who is it, John Tuitupo, I've I've put in my extension, my company at Tarangi. <laughs> so I think mine, my uh, waiver is right behind theirs, so I'm just waiting for those to go through. Then NCAA should be get into my uh, uh eligibility but hopefully by then um <laughs> off that tangent we'll stick to the arena sports uh wednesday night is gonna be a really fun matchup against um pepperdine, pepperdine um in a real matchup that really makes you wonder like between two really great teams it's really f- hard to find a team that you can root for you know like it really makes you question where where some people if they'll root for one team over the other. <laughs> um, but Hawaii volleyball is coming off a pretty solid week. Um, they didn't did they drop a set this week? I think they swept both of them. Okay, good. 
Yeah. For for Charlie's job's sake, he <laughs> swept because his job security was yeah. After that one set drop against Concordia University Irvine, it got a little dicey there. From what I heard, <laughs> Capono Fay was about ready to take up the mantle. From what I've heard, but um, yeah, Wednesday night is going to be a. I mean, this is a Pepperdine team that just took down number five Grand Canyon. Uh, I believe they went one and one in their series against them. Grand Canyon at the time was the only other undefeated team left, um, I believe. Maybe Charleston. One of the three. One of three, I think. Because I think Charleston also lost. They lost later that weekend, I think. So Hawaii is now the lone undefeated team. I think Grand Canyon so far in the media polls is stuck at number five. Something like that. They're number five because they lost to Pepperdine on Friday? I think so. But it's going to be a tough matchup. I know that I think they got the outside hitter of the week. I can't remember his name so off the top of my head. You're referring to Jalen Jasper, yes. Pepper, son of Ivan Jasper, former yeah. <laughs> University of Hawaii quarterback. But he, you're right. He is a he is a dog, dude, because they've, Pepperdine has played, um, let's call it Cinco sets over right. the last three matches. Um, and in all of those, 27 kills and a five-set loss to Stanford for Jasper. He had 30 in their five-set loss to GCU. And then, you know, he only had 23 in their five-set win. Only, yeah. <laughs> so he is, like one, like you said, he's probably – was he the off-the-block player, offensive player of the week? I can't remember. I think it was an MPSF. Like, there's no there's no way that he wasn't. like Or AVCA. Like, I'm, quick math is, what is this, 40, 50, 80 kills over three. So you're looking at about 25 kills, 23 kills, whatever it is. Yeah. So, But I think what's nice about this matchup is when you look at the last two weeks – Hawaii's block game has got certainly gotten a lot better. You see Cole Hoagland uh, Cole getting the defensive player of the week, at least in the Big West. Yeah. So hopefully him and Guillermo Voss are up to task and whoever's on the outside of the net, you know. It's probably just going to be Spiros and Spiros Jamie, and Jamie right? trying their yeah. best alongside one of the two. But I think it's going to be a really fun matchup. Um, of course, you can always listen to it on ESPN Honolulu. You can text in such fun questions as who's Tiff going to root for. Uh, shout out to Tiff Wells, uh, Pepperdine alum and Hawaii uh, announcer. This is another one of those why like we keep I playing. said I wasn't going to bring yeah, it up. Yeah, but but it is a question that a, lo- a lot of people love to ask and I think much to their amusement, they don't realize how many times that that question has been asked. This is going to be funny too because you, this is like one of those Pepperdine is one of those schools that UH has been playing a lot this year so they played them in the Diamond Head they're going to play them in men's volleyball this week, and I think they have a one-game series against for baseball. They're going to play at yeah. Pepperdine. So this is this is really just Tiff's favorite point of the, the year, isn't it? Yeah, it's where the next time I get to see Tiff, I say, Who, who are you going to root for, Tiff? Huh? <laughs> who are you going to root for? Are, are, will you say bias in this, in, in this call, Tiff? Yeah, he's going to love that one for sure. Um, Does he listen to this? Hopefully. I, I know there Unless are... this gets used in the clip. <laughs> if this gets used in the clip and I retweet it, then yeah, he'll hear it. <laughs> but it's going to be a fun matchup. Bring your Who Are You Going to Root For Tiff shirts. Um, I think it's going to be fun. It's what, Wednesday night? Yeah, Friday um, night. Friday night. So hopefully it's going to be easy runnings for uh, men's volleyball. Maybe that'll finally get those people that are like, Week schedule. Uh, Week schedule. Who refused to well, vote? Look who Hawaii the next three weeks one. are against. Right? Exactly. So, so you got Pepperdine. You got 
uh, Purdue, Purdue Fort, Fort Wayne. Wayne. You Penn got State. Penn State and UCLA. And then you have Long Beach. You open against Long Beach the weekend. And you have Long Beach State to go into Big West play. So I mean, it's all at home. So maybe that does take a little bit away. Sure, from it's it, all but... at home. But at the same time, uh, the schedule starts now. You had your warm ups against Ball State and Stanford, but this is the real start of the schedule. Right. Yeah, in my opinion, that's fair. Yeah, because you basically go against like the Big West and UCLA, and then like the two most outer guys are Purdue, Fort Wayne, and Penn State. And once you get, I feel like once you get. The UCLA Penn State Long Beach down, I think it should be cool runnings for the for the bows. You in say, my opinion, you say that, but like the Big West is always going to be a. Challenge. I say that, and then they'll like drop their first ever game against U, uh, UCSD. Isn't that that's real, right? They yeah. haven't lost UCSD, but yet. No, they have. They have. You remember the choke sign? That was a five set loss. No, but we no no we. Oh yeah, they lost that one. Yeah, that's why it was like. Like if if they completed the the reverse sweep, that would have been. Did we like, not win that one? No, it was they they lost the first two sets, and then the choke sign came out. Then they won three and four, and then they lost the fifth set. Got it. But then they came out and won in four the yeah. next night. So yeah, uh, selective memory. It's okay because it's one of those like that's a first year that's a program under a first year head coach. Yeah. So we'll it's gonna be it will be probably it's possible. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like we said. Wednesday, Friday night, go out, support the Bows. Um, let's move out to the outside. Bring out your umbrellas. Uh, bring out your windbreakers. It's a little windy. It's a little cold. It's a little bit rainy. And it doesn't matter where you are, uh, I, especially for the Rainbow Baseball Boys. But uh, Well, they're indoors this week. so that They are help. indoors this week, but... The rain and the wind has kind of followed them wherever they wherever they went. Yeah. After their opening series against Wright State was threatened by a rainout, this weekend's Tony Gwynn legacy, uh, at least part of it was rained out due to the 100% chance of rain in uh, San Diego. <laughs> uh, shout out to the weather in California. If it isn't pouring, it's snowing. Yeah, it was snowing in L.A., right? Yeah, at least Pasadena. I saw it because... Well, they had, a, they had a NASCAR race in Fontana, and then that that got called off because yeah. it was snowing. So, so, um, luckily they'll follow that direction uh, as they head to Minnesota, the land of chill weather. <laughs> uh, but luckily they, like you said, they do play inside. What is it? The First Bank Stadium? I mean, it's U.S. Bank. It's something it's, bank. I think stadium. it's U.S. Bank. Stadium. It's where the Minnesota Vikings play. Yeah. Uh, for the uh, Cambria College Classic. I think so, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It's where a bunch of SEC and Big Ten schools and the University of Hawaii are playing. <laughs> I kind of uh, want to know what ri- how well, what Rich Hill does to from get what these. I know from what I heard, we're replacing Missouri. Yes. So that's all. That's all I needed to hear. But like, how does how does Rich Hill do this? Because this is like, apparently they're opening against Ole Miss, defending national champions next year at home. Right. Then they're getting NC State. Well, Ole Miss will also be at the Cambria College Classic. That's true. But they're also getting NC State, which was, I think, a contender for the national title a couple of years yeah. ago before the COVID issues. And then you have San Diego State, which will always be, like, the fun rivalry Well, San Diego State is finally coming here. Yeah. Thank you. And <laughs> Rich, Rich Hill has been, like, he wants it there because they want to do the nostalgia, right? Because I think he was a— Well, they just—to Rich's point, we just want home games. <laughs> yeah, that's— but, was he a San Diego State? He played at San Diego State? Well, he played at the University of San Diego. And he his whole thing was the first time he watched Hawaii baseball was that College World Series. 
So I think it's just that wanting to just bring those two teams together. You know what I mean? I mean, the rivalries have been really good. I think there was a column last spring about, I think it was Jason Conestero. He wrote something, right. really good piece if you can find it somehow. But it was probably just, find it, on the it was a really good piece on the rivalry that was San Diego State and Hawaii in the WAC days. Yeah. So, and I'm really glad that Rich is bringing it back. Yeah. And it's been awesome to watch. And I mean, I'm just excited just because the schedule is just fun. I don't even care that we like end up losing some of these games. <laughs> um, like the the his, like Rich's return to USD. You know, it was nice. Uh, yep. We lost eight to two. Or 13, 13, 14 to 2. 14 to 2. I don't know where I got 8 to 2 from. 8 to 2 was, was it, it might have been one of the wins on, I yeah. can't remember. But, but then we uh, go ahead and do our thing on Sunday and destroy North Dakota State. And then last night, uh, as of recording this, <laughs> was the game against San Diego State where it was just a, it was a tough tough matchup against san diego state where it was a real battle of the pitchers where johnny guzman was just going strong they had this one pitcher where i can't remember what his name was but it was a real pitcher's name i think it was just armstrong yeah was it eldridge armstrong eldridge third? armstrong that is such a pitcher's name <laughs> <laughs> but like hoy hoy's you know really struggled to just get hits in you know by the end they were getting some hits in on the closer from the uh, kamehameha uh, from the Kamehameha grad, um, Sauer, I believe his name was off mm-hmm. the top of my head. Um, but the two runs and the three, two loss were just from wild pitches and pass balls from Armstrong, uh, as they were, as he was starting to get warmed up with the, with their catcher. So yeah, I mean, in the end, it's clear what the weakness I think of Hawaii baseball is right now is that we just don't have a clear starter at, at pitcher. We're still kind of like, shopping on who is going to be out there which i think right now this is the time to really figure out who those guys are before we get into big west play right. um at least from this weekend uh the performances from last night from both bodendorf and uh connor harrison i think they both played really well both pitching about 3.2 innings uh i think getting six and five strikeouts relative uh not uh, respectively um I mean, and honestly, the real uh, tough one from last night was Ty Atkins. You know, Ty Atkins can be really good. Yeah. He is a wild card, though, where he can be really good or he can have like a walk, a hit by pitch, and then a hit. It's sometimes in the same appearance, too. Yeah. Like, like against Wright State, I was talking about. Well, because he also had a really good strikeout right before that, before that like quick stretch. Yeah. So but- it's, you know, it's a hit or miss, it's like a Marvel movie. <laughs> where you know you're out there you got the cookie the cookie you got the kakimochi out you're pouring your popcorn you hear the consolidated board music you're really excited for this and you see the marvel logo and in your mind you're like okay this can either be all right or really good and for the most part ty atkins i think does a really great job of writing that line of all right and and really good to me he's like uh he's like a doctor strange where there's a lot of really great potential, but for the most part, he tends to lean on the all right kind of uh, li- the side of the line. I thought it was going to be like Thor or something. Uh, Thor is – it's a little boring in my brain. That's Doctor Strange I, I, I'm a fan of, but I can understand why people don't like it. It's just – it's it's good, but it's just like if you're not following the movie, yeah. you, you could get lost in it super easily. Like, True. Like but- sometimes you can – like with Ty Atkins, you can have a really great stretch. Like in Doctor Strange where you have that – 
thing where he gets enlightened <laughs> and he just gets I mean, it's just uh, visual graphics delight and then other times you can just have like a really slow plot but yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess but like you're right this this pitching staff is it it's just really just figuring out who is going to be good randy abshar had a really good game on yeah. sunday i think he only had like what like one run allowed over four hits that was in the first inning by the way and then alex Giroux. Giroux? Giroux, i think Giroux, yeah he had a really good game a on lot that. of the younger pitchers are getting their names out there and i think that's what's I think that's what was expected, especially when you lose guys like uh, Cole Ipantes. <clears throat> when you lose guys like the pitchers that we lost last year. Yeah. You know? So hopefully we get that ready as we head into Big West play. Uh, it's going to be a big test. I'm not really expecting wins this weekend. I'm going to be, be – I'm going to be so – I'm gonna I'm gonna swear here for the people that are not. Uh, I think we'll just okay bleep it that. out. That's why. Yeah, I'm gonna be <laughs> for real here. We're gonna lose this weekend. <laughs> like it'll be a miracle. Maybe we could pull off a Sunday upset. We're really good on Sundays. Unfortunately, on Sunday we play ranked Maryland. Uh, sure, they're like 17th. Only I 17. I don't think we're I don't think we're close to being 17th in the nation. So. It's going to be interesting to see what happens when from those that. those two forces meet together <laughs> a top 25 team against a team that's just like dominates on Sundays. So maybe have some extra prayers on Sunday for the Hawaii baseball team. I think that game starts at like 5:30 in, like in the morning. It's like 6 in the morning or something. <laughs> so if you have a really early church service, start those prayers. <laughs> this is like as someone who's not really particularly religious, do like people actually like do what the TV shows do and like they listen to games? enduring church <laughs> i am a member of my uh church's band i watch games <laughs> i have my phone set up on the music stand and i'm i'm watching that game that was like the fun part of band too and you... like look i'm gonna be real my dad is the pastor <laughs> i know i know what the sermon is and i'll hear it afterwards too so I'm not particularly missing anything, <laughs> at least that I think of. And I can say this all because I am a confirmed member of the Episcopal Church. So I am I am, I am, religious in the sense of, like, a Jewish person saying, like, I'm Jewish. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I wish there was that for Christians. Like, I am, like, Christian-ish. Like, I'm, I'm like... I'm like an agnostic Christian, if that makes sense. I feel like there are terms for that, but that that'd be getting a little political, yeah. and that's not what I really want to get into. <laughs> well, it's 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 more religious. Oh, I guess I see what you mean. <laughs> I guess political was last week's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but to get off the political side and more to the side of answering prayers, uh, Hawaii softball, we got three pitchers. <laughs> <laughs> we've doubled the number of pitchers we had from last year i f- i feel I confident we'll be generous that. and say three and a half yeah i think three and a half is good we see millie fidge the freshman getting big west freshman of the week she gets her first win officially as a rainbow wahine so i think that's gonna be, i think that's awesome yeah so we have her kiana campbell and of course brianna lopez now it's just a matter of you know making sure that the bats stay alive i think it's just the Everything in general, like Bob Coolin, when he spoke, when we, when I talked to him after this week's games, they went uh, two and two in the Bank of Hawaii Invitational. Right, they lost to Maris on Friday, got run ruled by Seattle U in the first game on Saturday, and then they came back. Millie Fitch struck out seven against Maris. 
that was an eight two win. And then Brianna Lopez was That's just... where eight two came <laughs> from. <laughs> and then, you know, Brianna Lopez came back from maybe not her best start on Friday to, to throw a two hit shutout on Sunday against St. Bonaventures, who UH opens the Hawaii Spring Fling with this week against on Thursday, which is we're in that stretch of we close out a series against one New York team, and then we open the next tournament against another. We're gonna they're gonna do against that. the exact same team. That yeah, we yeah. So they're gonna do that with Niagara the week after, <laughs> and then we'll do it against Niagara again. Yeah, <laughs> but we'll just play Niagara. <laughs> it's a fun. It's a fun portion of the of the schedule. But, my... Yeah, I think Bob Coulin was kind of worried about this one. I think because he's the way he kind of described it is that they weren't necessarily playing better teams. They're playing more prepared teams. Right. Like when you were playing Marist and St. Bonaventures, those are East school, East coast teams that are not really gotten a chance to play because it's, let's be honest, snowing, I guess, <laughs> but you have teams this week, like Santa Clara and Portland. Those are the ones he name dropped that have, you know, they've been playing games on the West coast. And I think it's, it'll be a, a question to see what they can do offensively. And I guess defensively, because the fielding has not been great, I will say. Yeah. Especially in those losses to Seattle U. And um, I think Maris was not their best game either defensively. Right. And he he's kind of been like – I haven't I didn't ask him about this, but he is – I've never seen a coach pull a, a player directly after the error. Right. Like he did that with um, – he did that with Mason Gibbs against Seattle U. He pulled out Bueller Saberin. After her error against St. Bonaventures on Sunday, after she had her at bat, right? Um, there's one more, I think, but I can't remember. But it, it, there's quite honestly a lot. But what's nice is though, I think for Coolin, much like for um, Hawaii baseball, is that at least he feels confident in his bench to be like, "Hey, if you make a mistake, I'm not ready to pull you." Mm-hmm. And that I feel like he's not really sacrificing much on both sides. Where I think everyone kind of gives what they need to give. Like with um, Bueller, uh, as much as she's probably not that great fielding, she is also one of our best hitters. So I think it's just that kind of you leave her in for as long as you possibly can. And I would say it would be the same deal of just trying to find those the right times to make those adjustments. And I think especially in that Seattle U game, that's just a game where you just got to say like, hey, man, it's not working was, out. We just yeah. got to try something. It wasn't, our, it wasn't their best game. Did yeah. you notice, did you happen to know that like Zhao Jin has like eight errors at shortstop? <laughs> I like, I was just like. I haven't seen. So, yeah. So she has like the most errors by far of anybody, like eight. And then, um, you know, I think Kali Inouye, Klan, Kali Inouye has like four. Right. Bueller Saber has three. But it was just one of those things where it's just like, like she's good at getting on base, which <laughs> it's it's another thing I've noticed in this yeah. pattern. So I've kind of figured out what how Bob Coolin runs his top four. So you talked about Zhao Jin getting on base. Yeah, I think she like she didn't get a she didn't draw a walk against St. Bonaventures on Sunday, and that was the first time in like I want to say seven games she didn't get one. But then once she gets on base. Then you put what basically is your sacrifice bunt queen and kind of queen noy. <laughs> Apparently she leads the nation with like six on the year through like 15 games. And then you have Maya Nakamura, who, by the way, just gets on base as well. Yeah. Um, maybe not the best year batting average wise, but she just gets on base. I think and... as the year goes on, she'll get better. Yeah. But I mean, I say that, but she's only hitting 333. She's only hitting 333. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And then you have, you guys. She's no Jared Quant, <laughs> who's hitting like 500, 
like over like 560 or whatever but <laughs> but but then you have like then you get deeper into your lineup and you have Haley Johnson who hit the game winning home run on Sunday yeah she's hitting 370 and then you have Isabella Martinez hitting 368 and then you go into Maya Bethea who's yeah. hitting like 360 with six home runs which is kind of like the power of your lineup yeah is those three oh yeah <laughs> so you, you you basically have uh, and then if you want you can throw Sabrin in there whenever yeah. you feel so like you it. basically have your small ball top in your in the top of the lineup your middle bats are like just monsters beast power beast <laughs> and it's just your bottom of the lineup's just like whoever you can add on after <laughs> <laughs> i love that i think both in baseball and softball just like Slowly figuring out what the strategy is as the year, as the year starts, and you're like, okay, so this is how we're gonna play. This but year. yeah, it's just like figuring out what <laughs> figuring out not listening maybe as like a coach, but like as a reporter and a fan, just like right. I guess this is what they're doing. <laughs> I and especially as many games as you do watch, you do slowly just start pick up on a lot of those things. So, but like we said, the spring fling is starting up this weekend. Yeah. So that'll be St. Bonaventures on Thursday, Santa Clara Friday, Pacific on Saturday, Portland on Sunday, and then they close the tournament with Utah on Monday. So no doubleheaders. No doubleheaders, but f- <laughs> but 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 was that five games, five games five, in a row? Five games in five days. So that's not gonna. It's not gonna be an easy one necessarily, especially when you finish off against a power. It's still a power five. School. I think they're going to need more than three and a half pitchers. <laughs> Cause if you think about it, cause you figure Brie Lopez probably does two of those. Realistically, she's probably doing three, three. Oh. And knowing how, how much she is used. I wouldn't be surprised if I see her three you, times. Cause you figure they use key key on a Campbell pool at once. And that's it. They'll I really think that it's going to be Brie. It's probably going to be Brie, Brie, Kiana, Brie, Millie, Brie. You think so? I think so. That's... I would not be surprised because I don't know who I, – I don't know if um, – because Bob has said that he doesn't want to use Kiana a lot. No, like, he doesn't. Like, like, And Brianna showed last season that she can just kind of just go out there. I just don't know who would be number four. The thing it probably may be Chloe Borges or um, Kostanen. I, right. I probably said her name wrong, but – it's just another thing you have to think about is I think Brie Lopez is kind of going through a slump. I mean, Sunday was a really great game for her, but when you talk to her and Coach Bob, they 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 kind of admit that maybe she's kind of in the middle of like maybe a mental block almost. Where but I feel like then there's like two different ways of getting through slumps. You that's know true. what I mean? Is not playing worse for you in a slump, especially if you are a pitcher, right? Because I feel like. The more you get out there, the more you figure out, like, oh, okay, this is what I'm doing wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's necessarily how um, Bree's mind it works necessarily, but I would feel like that that would be my first thought is if I'm a pitcher, I'd like to get out there as much as possible so I can figure out how what it is I'm doing that is making me uh, be in this slump. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I think – It'll work out for them eventually. I mean, especially because you're home for the next month, right? Right. You have, like, I don't know how many, at least, like, this tournament, the next tournament, I think another tournament, right? Or is it Big West play? Uh, There's one more tournament. So, I mean, they have... Or is a, this the third one? This is this. This will be the third one, and then they have another tournament after it. Yes, there's one more after this. And then you the have one with Niagara is the one. And then um, Iowa State yet. and Fordham, I think. And then you open against UC Santa Barbara and Big West Place. So right. it's 
it's going to be a lot, I think. So. <laughs> They'll definitely have a lot of time to figure out those uh, those kinks before they head into Big West play for both baseball and softball. Well, I think that's a pretty loaded week that we've already just gone through. If you want to bring up something I think, else. Um, we got to talk about beach volleyball, right? Cause oh, that, yeah, beach volleyball. Well, I th- this is the thing with beach volleyball. They did well in the games that you think they'd do well in. They swept in all the games that wasn't against uh, what? A, a ranked opponent. Against a ranked opponent. And both of those ranked opponents are ranked above them in both UCLA and Stanford, yeah. right? So against number one and number nine. Uh, with uh, with Stanford being a three two loss and UCLA, what was that? It was four one, but it was like it it was a lot closer than four one. Yeah, so I think they held up. I think they did a really good job. Um, obviously, I think the name that I always you know would be focusing on as year goes on is Brooke Van Sickle. If you remember her from regular uh, <laughs> Wahine volleyball, she's at least to her to her. Um, Accord. She said she's gotten a lot better in the off season. Like, I, she went. She she and Kaylee Guagal won Big West Pairs of the Year, and they made an All American First Team. And she wasn't even playing yeah. beach that much. And then she got better. Yeah. So what is going <laughs> to happen? Because they switched the pairing, so I think she's been mostly working with Jamie Santer. Right. Um. They went back to the Guagal fan sickle thing against UCLA. I think that was the only flight that won in that. Yeah. But I mean, I think this. It's just. What is this team going to do in Big West, I think? I think they'll do... I hate to be this person. I think they'll just handle business. I feel confident. Yeah, that's fair. Especially because, well, let's, let's... And Silverstein finally has the interim title off. He is going to do... A, I think so he's... I think that's that only makes you feel a lot more confident as a coach. He, he is going to do a lot. He's kind of ahead of his... The, the athletic department and some components, whether it's like with like mental work and right. everything, and so I think it'll be fun to see what they do. Um, Big West Championships is at Queens, which I have been told is like the probably like the deepest sand of anywhere. <laughs> People have played like Brooke Van Sickle was like, yeah, it's probably like one of the hardest places I played. So sometimes you'll get like um, I'm trying to forget what you call it. it was, I think it was like sand sharks where you basically just trip. And just eat it. And it's just like... Well, I feel like the more you play on that, the better you are. Which, which is why UH is going to have a serious advantage, right. I think. So. And they've already had a pretty good practice against two of the best teams in the nation. Yeah. I feel like we forget that they had a like a like an exhibition against UCLA in the fall. We, we just like totally <laughs> glossed over that. And the only reason I like kind of remember that is because Diego went out there to shoot photos and that's what we used for right. one of our stories this week. Shout out Diego. Yeah, shout out to Diego. Best in the biz. I, I hope I'm told he's coming back this month. That's fun. So. I I've seen a lot of his uh, photos from his travels. <laughs> yeah, it looks like he's having a great time. I mean, honestly, he, <laughs> like good for him, dude. Because yeah. the dude deserves it. <laughs> and if you can't, you follow him on on you know Twitter, Instagram, and all that stuff. A lot of really great content. Uh, yeah. Um. What else is there? Um, I feel like we're not forgetting much. Like those were the main things that just happened this past weekend. I would say that. Um, I know golf is getting back into play, golf especially starts- after the several cancellations <laughs> <laughs> due to the weather in Hawaii. So yeah, they'll start. That's next week, right? So yeah, women's golf has the Doctor Tom- Donis Thompson Invitational at Hawakale. Really off topic, funny, kind of off topic, funny story. People can't, apparently Dr. 
Thompson got mad when people didn't refer to her as doctor. I learned this from someone who used to work at UH during her time in the 1970s. So we have to, I would say, call her Dr. Donis Thompson because people, don't, apparently she didn't like it when you were just like Donis. Oh, hey, you earned the degree. Yeah. You hope people can, you know, I mean, get some respect for that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you work hard for, I, I don't know if it was a PhD or an ED, EDD or whatever. What do you, what do you call it? Like, whatever. It, it was Look, a doctorate, man, dude. I, I'm getting a bachelor's, so like. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it's called, good on them. It's a doctorate. That's what matters, man. Just Yeah, so there, there's a lot of stuff. I think water polo starts up during break. I know that they just finished up a couple of They finished of up the tournament. Yeah. But they but finished fifth in the tournament? Something like that. Like, I feel like I should know this as the water polo I know reporter. that they lost to Cal. I did see that. But once again, you know. It's really you just lose to good teams. It's and really you beat just, the Big West yeah. opponents because I saw they beat Long Beach and UC Santa Barbara as well. It's really just what are they going to do against Irvine to get into the tournament? Yeah. yeah, I think once the tournament starts up, I think we'll get our revenge confidently because I like to be confident. It's pretty fair. It's better. It's better to be optimistic than pessimistic in this life. You know. Yeah. Unless you have to be for real. <laughs> <laughs> And then you can say, okay, maybe they're not going to be that good. You know, you you can't go all through life thinking that the 2022 Hawaii football team is going to go to a bowl game. <laughs> Who would say that? <laughs> Definitely not me. <laughs> Who are the people that were like, yeah, this is going to be like on 99 or June or June where Timmy takes them like 9 and 3 or well, something? Well, this is the one. This is the year. Now that they do bad, now this will be the 99 year. Well, this will be the – this. <laughs> We haven't really talked about them, but I think this is this is the year where they got to be big, right? They got to be big. I think just for the not only just for football wise, I think just for fan attention wise, they just have to be big. Uh, they're getting up to fifteen thousand. You know, there's no wood in here to knock. Um, it's so, cardboard, maybe. I don't know if that counts. Is this wood? Nope. <laughs> um, there's cardboard, so that used to be wood at at some point. So. I think they're doing a lot of good stuff. I know that Braden Shager has done a lot of work, both on his body with Dan Morrison. Vinny Passis was at practice the other week. Yeah. So, and he said he had a lot of good words to say about Braden Shager. So, I don't know if I'm going to write this story, but I did a couple interviews with about Run and Shoot. I was like talking to um, wide receivers coach Jared Osua, and I was right. kind of knew the answer, but I, had, I was kind of like, oh, who did you, were you kind of, because like, um, you know, Braden Shager got his advice from Dennis McKnight, right. um, Roman, or no, from uh, Dan Morrison. Yeah. Roman Sepulveda was the one with Dennis McKnight. Yeah. So I was kind of like, oh, I, I kind of asked Coach Rasuo, like, oh, who did you talk to? I was like, oh, yeah. So we had a really couple of great guys who were, like, willing to talk. So, you know, the Stutzmans. Yeah. Um, Chad Owens. And then he was like, oh, yeah, some guy named John. And <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm thinking I'm going to use that in my story. <laughs> some guy named John. Yeah. I think that's a good one, mostly because everyone's like, is that? Is that John or Sue? The scary thing is how similar <laughs> they look. Like, when I, you, especially when the news first came out, you see Jared or Sue, wide receiver coach, and you're brain, you're like, is that like? <laughs> and then you see the face, and it's like, they look, they do look very similar. It's like, it's like holy, like when you watch, like um, when they were on the when they had practices in the summer, right. and then John and Jared were out there. It's kind of like, who's who? Who's who? Yeah. <laughs> Do you think what? Do you think Abe gets any? Uh, just do you think he? Do you think he and Solomon talk about the defense? 
<laughs> That's a, that'd be a question for them. Yeah. Maybe Chris talks with uh, Solomon from time to time. Maybe. I mean, there there are a lot of really great UH players. And that's the great thing to. about UH football, you know, especially as, you know, the Aloha to Aloha Stadium or Aloha from Aloha Stadium. Which one is it? To I don't or know. From. It's one of the two. Just, um, just Aloha, yeah, Aloha Stadium. <laughs> the Aloha Stadium event happened this weekend. There was a lot of, you know, alums that were out there, you know, saying their, you know, good wishes to the stadium and all that stuff. It really just makes you it just really reminds you just how large just our tree is just with people that you know do want to come back and you know help in any way they can there's a lot of success going on for a lot of guys adrian clem is now the offensive line coach for the new england patriots they finally have someone who is on offense as an offensive coach for them (laughs) so that's awesome for them i saw mike cavanaugh is, is the offensive line analyst for the University of Oregon. So it, it is an analyst, assistant. right? It's an analyst slash it's, assistant it's not role. A, it's not an on-field position. No, it's like but analyst. also at the same time, though, if you could have an assistant or an analyst. It's Mike Kavanaugh. Mike Kavanaugh is pretty uh, overqualified, I think, for that position. I thought he was at – well, I thought he was – He was at ASU. He wasn't a holdover from that? No. Oh, okay. Not that I know of. I know he was at ASU for a couple yeah, yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then – because then he's assisting Elite Terry, right? right? So that's again, and that you know, former offensive line coach for a year here, who was one of the few guys that kind of kept the love for the uh, uh the Todd Graham <laughs> Hoy football team. I feel was like it, it was him, Marcus Davis, and probably Cody Abe, Cook, Cody Cook, Abe Jacob, Yoro, yeah. and so I'm glad that those two guys, like Mark, I think Marcus Davis is what a wide receivers coach at Auburn now. Yeah, I think so. So he is working with um, uh, DeKine now, too. Hugh Freeze and... With, uh, uh, oh, no, but with... um, What's his name? Oh, my God. Nick Martiner. Because he's at Auburn. Is he? Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, he transferred to Auburn. I didn't I didn't read that, I guess. So very yeah. quietly, I guess. So there's a lot of stuff going on, I think. You know, it's really hard to not get caught up in it. But as we end the podcast here, I think it's smart to not keep on going on this tangent so that you know we can all go about our days after this because i am not sure what time it is and i think we'll leave that in the podcast for fun uh, <laughs> you know congrats to all the guys out there doing their thing uh xfl bows cole mcdonald running for first downs um, cedric bird caught a touchdown i saw that so they, for the roughnecks for both for houston right yeah, yeah. so the houston roughnecks i think i mean I, they're the best team in the XFL, in my opinion. They were back in 2020, and somehow they kept that momentum going. Well, uh, so, Wade Phillips is really good. Let's, yeah. <laughs> Safe to say. And uh, John Estes is on the staff as well. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot of – we can keep we can keep going down this train, but I think we'll uh, nip it at the bud here or at the very long branch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But thank you very much for listening, everyone. This is the Green and Black Podcast. Uh, from Kaleo Sports, Tanner Hayworth, Reese Nagaoka, signing off. Aloha.